on this episode of the Loud Marlin Fans Podcast. It is going to be a day off on Thursday as the Marlins come back from another 500 road trip. This time, again, the Marlins are at 500. They finished the road trip at 500. And they are back to face the Reds on Friday with a future possible star coming up to make his first start in the majors. We'll discuss all this and how the season is going now that we are in the middle of May on this episode of the Loud Marlin Fans Podcast. Welcome to the first episode of May 2023. My apologies to all those who subscribe to this podcast and all those who will listen in the future as I have not recorded one in about three weeks. I went on vacation to Iceland, which I'll discuss a little bit here. I have uh, been busy with my real work catching up from that trip to Iceland. It's not easy missing a week of work. And really, I've been uh, just really paying attention to baseball and the Miami Marlins, and I wanted to record... I've written stuff down, but instead of recording my own episodes, you could have found me and can still watch the videos on Locked On Marlins uh, with Peter Pratt. Uh, If you go on their YouTube page, Locked On Marlins, you'll see a few episodes over the last couple weeks with me on as I was able to say my opinions about where the Marlins were and are at those times. So again, that's Locked On Marlins, and I do apologize to each and every one of you, but this episode is going to be a little bit longer if I could get all the content I want into it for this long episode, the celebration episode, as we are in May. May 10th is the date of this recording, and the Marlins are 19 and 19. Now, you may be wondering why I'm celebrating that. I mean, 500 is 500, but the reason I'm celebrating that is other than that uh, 2020 COVID year of baseball, the Miami Marlins have not been at 500 this late into a season. I want to say since at least 2018, if that, and I'll go back and look to give you the exact answer, but it's been that long. Uh, if you remember last season, the Marlins were streaky at the beginning. Uh, they were six games or five games under. We ended up getting to 500 and being at 500 for the last time in 2022, uh, May 1st was the last date we were at 500. So with with that being said, uh, it's exciting that May 10th, we're at 500. And it wasn't easy because the Marlins uh, did lose uh, five games in a row just last week. Last week could have been that week of a season that kills your momentum, kills your season. But this team is different than the past Marlins. And we're going to get into why I think that as well. So it's just an exciting time to be a Miami Marlins fan right now. It's it's a, a time of achieving where you set expectations are. If you have listened to other episodes of the Loud Marlins Fan Podcast, you know that I set the expectation expectations of the season at or around 500. I think I said 75 wins to 82 wins. That's where I expect this team to be, anywhere in between that. So if you go by 
how I ex set expectations. We should have a run rate around 500 all season long. So being in the position that we are in right now, I'm excited because we are, are at the position where I thought we would be. And um, it's, it's, it's just exciting to get there. I've been to three games live so far this season as I try to do at least one a home stand. And I'm one and two at the stadium this year, but I will be there Friday. Uh, this upcoming Friday, May 12th, will be a big day for Marlins franchise, as we hope it will be a big day for the Marlins franchise. We are calling up the Marlins' top prospect pitcher, prospect in general, but the third top prospect in baseball is coming up to the Miami Marlins, and that is Yuri Perez. And Yuri Perez has had a a up and down start to this season in in the minors, but. It's not, when I say up and down, it, he's only up. He's only going to show greatness. For example, this season, in six games, he is 3-1. and one. He has a 2.32 ERA in 31 innings pitched with 42 strikeouts and a whip of .81. His career in the minors, which hasn't been long, he's only pitched in 44 games. He's 9-9, nine and nine, and his ERA is 2.85. In 186 innings pitch with 260 strikeouts. That's a lot of strikeouts and a whip under one at 0.98. So, for example, in this season, he's pitched in double A all season. He's never pitched above double A except for the Grapefruit League, which he did okay in spring. Um, in the previous years, he was in, in the Florida State League and double A. And then in 2021, he was in high A and low A. So you, you really consider this year where he's really going against quote-unquote professional talent on a consistent basis. But now he's getting called up to the majors. So Yuri Perez is getting called up. Again, he is the number one prospect in the Marlins organization. He's the number three pitching prospect in all of baseball. So you expect great things for him. He, when he comes up on Friday, <clears throat> which I will be at that game, I'm not missing that. Uh, when he comes up on Friday, he will be at uh, age 20 years old and I think like 25 or 27 days. He's a young kid. Dude can't even drink. He's almost a year away from drinking. The last time a player made their major league debut pitching-wise for the Marlins was... Rest in peace, Jose Fernandez. And I'm not going to compare them. I'm just saying by age. Uh, Yuri is breaking his record to be the youngest starting pitcher on the Miami Marlins ever. So this is big, big, big for us. And we only wish him the best on Friday, which again, I'll be there. And what this means for this organization is a couple things. One, we have a starting rotation problem. Uh, Johnny Cueto pitched, I think, what, two innings or something like that and got injured. He went on a rehab assignment and got blown up and then hurt his ankle. So he's not coming back so quickly. Sixto Sanchez, we've been waiting three years for him to come back after his 2020 debut and playoff run. 
Uh, he unfortunately had a setback with his arm. Who knows if we'll ever see him again in the majors, or at least as a starter in the majors. Trevor Rogers, haven't heard much or anything on him since he went down with an injury just a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, that's two of those guys were projected starters for this rotation or were starters in this rotation at the beginning of the year. What this means is you have an injured rotation. They've, they brought up Brian Hoeing, who uh, has pitched okay. And our bullpen for the, for the majority of the time have been lights out, except you're missing a starter. Braxton Garrett has been great. Braxton Garrett replaced Johnny Cueto in the rotation, and he's been fine. He had one bad game, but in all honesty, he's very consistent, and he's one of the most consistent pitchers with the type of pitches he throws. He's not the over powering type pitcher like the Sandy Alcantara. He's more the, I have multiple types of pitches. I got some off-speed stuff, and I'm going to be a workhorse pitcher, which you can use one of those as the fifth starter in any rotation, and that's what he is. But now you're missing a spot, and you can't keep plugging it in with bullpen guys because you don't want to tax the bullpen too much this early. So you're bringing Yuri to fill that hole. Hopefully, he does. Hopefully he earns that spot, stays up, or whatnot. Or, even if he's good, he could go back down and and work better to get be the best pitcher in baseball in a few years and come up in between. We'll see what happens. But what this signals is you're bringing up your best prospect to see if he can pitch in the majors. You need it. You need that starter. Uh, you got a bunch of other guys who, uh, Jake Eater, uh, not ready to come up. Uh, he's been injured the last couple of years coming off Tommy John. Uh, you, 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 you have uh, Max Mayer, who is coming off Tommy John. He won't be ready to pitch till 2024. So you have depth, but they're not healthy. And this signals that. So let's hope. We'll be there. We'll be cheering him on. Let's hope Yuri comes up and does what we need him to do, and that's pitch to his potential. Not looking for him to, to get shutouts. I'm not looking for him to go seven. I'm looking for him to give a six-inning start at best, maybe 80 pitches in his first time and work up from there. You don't want to get in his head, and you don't want to destroy his confidence coming up to, to where, where we are. So, again, Yuri's coming up. It's exciting. It's exciting for us. It's exciting for baseball. And we wish him the best as he comes up. It's breaking news. It broke today live as we were watching the game in, uh, as they beat Arizona. And what a game it was. And we'll get to that after this. Intheclutch.com is the only place to find loud Marlin fan apparel that's approved by me, designed with me. The Loud Marlins Fan Let's Get Louder t-shirt is now on sale, which benefits cystic fibrosis research. A portion of each purchase does go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So go to intheclutch.com, search Loud Marlins Fan, find that shirt, add it to your cart, and then search Marlins. Because you're going to see a plethora of Miami-based Major League Baseball Players Association approved t-shirts that are right there for you to show off your fandom. Go to intheclutch.com right now 
and at checkout. When you're ready to leave, use code LMF to save 10% on your entire purchase. Let's get louder at InTheClutch.com. The addition of Yuri Perez coming up to the Marlins was announced today during the Arizona Diamondbacks game. And it was a very strange game for our team. And I say that it is a strange game because of just how the game was, the, the outcome of each inning. You had starter Eddie Cabrera pitch three great innings. He had, I think, five strikeouts in his first three innings. And then what happens? Well, your guys get some hits. The Marlins, thanks to uh, Jesus Sanchez, who's finally gotten hot, hit a monster bomb, 400, I think, 33 feet or 444 feet in the center field, a monster bomb by uh, Jesus Sanchez and gave you a three-run lead. Immediately after going into the next inning, it's, it's like Eddie Cabrera just forgot how to pitch. He walked four straight. He ended up, I think, walking four guys or five guys. He gave up all the runs, all four walks, ended up scoring. And really, he comes out of the game after pitching 3.1 innings. It was a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde outing for Eddie Cabrera. And this is not the first time we've seen him walk so many people, so many players. So it's, it, it's, it's not going to be positive right now talking about Eddie Cabrera. He's had a not-so-great season. Um, and I talked about that bullpen and why you're calling up Yuri. But Eddie Cabrera's another reason you need to call up Yuri. You need to see how your players can perform. Eddie will be in this rotation. We need him in this rotation. The bullpen did wonderful today. The bullpen didn't give up a run in, uh, what was it, uh, 5.3 innings or 5.2 innings. They didn't give up a run. The, the Your team is performing. Your bullpen, our bullpen, is performing amazing. And they held it down. And they've been doing that, I want to say, most of the season. They've been holding it down. But how long... It's not going to last. You know, bullpens get taxed. I mentioned that before. So you need your starters to be better. And you're bringing Yuri up because you need a starter to be better. And hopefully, again, he'll earn the spot. But I'm worried about Edward Cabrera because it's non-consistent. He had an okay game. He played Chicago Cubs um, two times in the last two weeks. His, his start versus the Cubs, the first one, went well. His second start versus the Cubs, not so much. So he's not being consistent as a starter. And really, we know, those who have followed Eddie Cabrera for the last three years knows he, he can be the next Sandy Alcantara. He just has to get his head straight. It's all in his head. It's like he forgets that he's a great, he has these great pitches and starts walking people. He's afraid to throw strikes. What you got to remember in baseball, you're not looking to strike everyone out. You're also not looking to throw up a dud in the middle of home plate. But what you are looking to do is throw strikes where the batters will hit the ball 
to your position players to make outs. That's why they have gloves to make outs. That's why they have arms to throw the ball that gets into their gloves, either a ground ball or a pop fly back into the infield or to a base to get the players out. Trust your stuff. Eddie might be fine, but we'll see. And it's a year of growth. There's no room for to move him down. One, you can't. Two, there's no room because you need him on this team. He is a big part of this, this pitching rotation is Eddie Cabrera. He's extremely important. So hopefully he gets his head straight. The Marlins won two of three in Arizona. This is following uh, losing two of three to the Cubs in Chicago. Chicago's not an easy place to win. And these Cubs showed they're pesky. We only beat them by one run. At all, And we swept them. But at Lone Depot Park last weekend, we beat the Cubs in three straight games by one run each game. That just shows that how competitive we were against each other. So you, you, your team can be successful against the Central, as we've shown. And we were on this road trip at 500. Really, the Marlins have played really well against every other team. We've only lost every series that we faced first the Braves, which are two series. One of them, we went one and three. The other series, we went 0 and three. It got swept at home by the Braves. The other is the New York Mets. The New York Mets um, in a four-game series, same, same thing. We won one of three, and then playing in New York, we went one and two in three games. So we've only lost those four series plus the most recent Cubs series. So all in all, we've only lost five series this season. Every other series we've won, which is why we're at 500. And we're playing just as expected. I expected them to be around 500. And we're going to be below 500 for a couple games. But then we're going to go win. And we're going to get up to 500. You're, you're, I think, up into today's game. We were 7.5 or 8 games out of first. And I'm not saying we can't catch up to the Braves. But the Braves are in another stratosphere. In fact, we are now, as of this recording, 7 games out of first place. Um, we are second in the National League East. Now, that's unexpected. All right, you, have the Bra- you have the Braves, who you expect to be at the top. They, they may not have the biggest payroll, but they have the deepest roster, homegrown, talented roster in the majors. Mostly every one of their players, at least uh, batting-wise, uh, positional players, are Atlanta-born. They were drafted by Atlanta, scouted by Atlanta, brought up by Atlanta, and the crazy thing is that they signed, for the most part, up to eight years, eight to ten years. Now, there were some trades in there. You get the best catcher in Sean Murphy, and you get your first baseman, Matt Olson, last season, uh, from both from Oakland. But for the most part, other than those guys, that Atlanta team is homegrown. And they're all signed. Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, Ronald Acuna. They're all signed for many years. So the Braves are the class. They are the top of the National League East. 
They didn't need to spend all the money to bring in free agents. They made good trades and they bring up their home talent. The surprising thing, look, I love that the Marlins are in second place. It's just really surprising that the Phillies and the New York Mets are not above us, even if it's close. Uh, Phillies are a half game away from us. They're 18 and 19. The New York Mets have lost three straight, and they are 17 and 19. And that's with beating the Marlins seven times. So only 10 of the Mets' other wins have come against teams not named the Miami Marlins. And that's great. And you can't focus on what other teams do. But I'm just pointing that out. The Marlins are in second place at 500, 19 and 19 on May 10th. We'll see how the season pans out. But this is where we expect them to be. I expect them to be around 500 all season. Now, it's been a great year for a lot of the guys. Um, a lot of good stories. Luis Arise, the trade. No one liked losing Pablo, but Luis Arise is a hit machine. He unfortunately broke his 12-game hitting streak today. And his average is like now like uh, 398 or something like that. He fell under 400. No, no worries there. He'll come back up. You're, it's hard to hit 400. <laughs> it's rarely ever done. Now, he may also win the award for best batting average again um, going into the whole season. So for the National League this year, as he did for the American League last. So Luis Arias has been a good feel-good story for this team. Another feel-good story for this team has been Jorge Soler. Many don't see, many see Jorge Soler as a streaky hitter. They say, oh, he strikes out a lot. Oh, he doesn't hit the ball. Oh, he'll hit a home run here and there. Look, set your expectations, guys. Jorge Soler is on the Miami Marlins for one reason. Jorge Soler is on the Miami Marlins to hit home runs. That's it. And he has nine. Nine home runs in a month and a half. That's all he is here to do. He's not here to get singles. He's not here to steal. He's not here to get bloops. He's not here to get walked. Jorge Soler is here to hit bombs. And, oh, goodness, did he hit two bombs yesterday out in Arizona. Uh, one went 468 and the other 440 or 438. I think it was like 900-plus feet of home runs and two home runs. The dude has power. Jorge Soler is healthy, and he's exciting for this team. The guys in front of him need to get on base, so they're not solo shots. Yesterday he hit, he hit, he had five RBIs, a three and a two, uh, two-run RBI homer. So you, you hope that more guys are on base for him to crush those balls. Um and Luis Arise seems to be on base a lot. Um, and really, they're the most consistent two guys. You have uh, Joey Wendell today uh, drove in uh, the game-winning RBI. They brought up Peyton Burdick, which if you listen to the LMF pod and if you listen to Locked on Marlins, I'm big on Peyton Burdick. Uh, not just because we're friendly, uh, but because he was just crushing it in AAA. So you finally brought up Peyton Burdick, and today he had a nice double to set up um, the game-winning run to be hit by uh, Joey Wendell. And Joey No Gloves, as I like to call him, hashtag Joey No Gloves, uh, he 
just came off the injured list, and he only has two hits on the season. Remember, he was like 0 for 8 when he got injured in the first week of the season. And he hasn't had too many at-bats since, but he's played in about three games. Um, He came in and had a pitch hit triple on Sunday, which was a game winner. And today he had a double, uh, which scored Peyton Burdick. And the Marlins have A.J. Puck, when he's in the closing role, doesn't fail. So Marlins win another game. And what's really crazy, another thing that I, I said so many times last season, in the clutch.com is the only place to find loud Marlin fan apparel that's approved by me, designed with me. The loud Marlins fan Let's Get Louder t-shirt is now on sale, which benefits cystic fibrosis research. A portion of each purchase does go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So go to intheclutch.com, search loud Marlins fan, find that shirt, add it to your cart, and then search Marlins because you're going to see a plethora of Miami-based Major League Baseball Players Association approved t-shirts that are right there for you to show off your fandom. Go to intheclutch.com right now and at checkout when you're ready to leave, use code LMF to save 10% on your entire purchase. Let's get louder at intheclutch.com. Was that the Marlins lost 40 games by one run. That's insane. Because if they won half of those games, and you listen to the other episodes, I've said this. If they won half of those 40 run loss, one run losses, they would have finished with a better record than the National League champion Philadelphia Phillies. We would have had that spot. We would have been in the playoffs. You got to win your run-run games. And what the Marlins did today, well, we broke record. We broke the Mets record from the 1970s as the team to start the season without losing a one-run game and winning one-run games. We won our 12th one-run game today. 12th in a row. We haven't lost a one-run game last year. To put it in perspective, I think last season we have already had lost seven one-run games at this point last year. I think we won three and lost seven by this point last year. Right now, we're 12-0. and Not jinxing it. 12-0 and in one-run games. That's astounding. And that's all about the manager. We, the talent, mostly the same. The bullpen, totally spectacular. But I'm talking the the... Players, the positional players. Yes, you have the Luis Arise or Luis Arise. He's a big addition. He's hitting RBIs and he's getting on base. Um, but for for the rest of the, the lineup, up and down is mostly the same team. I'm not even going to mention Gene Segura because although he is in our lineup, he is struggling right now. He's hitting under 200 and he hits almost everything on the ground in double plays. I'm not going to attack him for it. Uh, he got thrown out of the game, I think, two nights ago. And I liked his presser after. Gene Segura said, look, I'm not contributing to this team right now. I, I'm putting pressure on myself. I deserve to lose my job. I don't want to lose my job. I want to be better. So Gene Segura 
look, I'm going to give him another week, another two weeks. I'm not going to attack him. I think that things will come around. But um, for the, really, other than Gene Segura, I'm not counting Peyton Burdick, who had a great game today because he just came up. This team is basically the same team you had last year. No, you don't have Brian Anderson. No, you don't have Miguel Rojas. But the guys who replaced them, other than Luisa Rise, really, Gene Segura hasn't stepped up over what B.A. was giving. Um, and then you have John Birdie and Joey Wendell. They haven't stepped up really at the plate for what Miguel Rojas would have offered you. So really, the only player you changed up that has added to your team is Luis Arise. And he replaced Jazz, but really not so much because Jazz is still in your lineup and he's your center fielder. And I got to add Yuli Gurriel, your other former American League batting champion from two years ago who's just a hit machine as well when he plays. So when they're both in the lineup, the two hit machines, the two former most recent American League batting champions, they are adding to it. But the point being, more than 60%, 66% of your lineup is the same every game, give or take. And you're winning one, one run game. That all comes down to management and coaching. And to be frank, we should have another one in there because last weekend, Reed, our third base coach, who keeps stopping players from going home, which is upsetting, we should have more runs at it. I'm not going to get into that. Just he needs to change his mythology as a third base coach and stop holding runners. I like how Nick Fortes the other day ran right through his stop sign because, quite frankly, Nick knew that he would be able to score. Scored easily. Didn't even have to slide. So, with that being said, again, it's all about coaching and your head coach and Skip Schumacher. Skip Schumacher has really changed the, the mythology that goes into the players that were here. He said in his press conference before the season and apparently in the interview that he had with, with Mr. Sherman and, and Kim and Kim Ng, he said he was asked, what about the culture? And he said, no one's going to get there before me. No one's going to leave after me. And I'm going to hold everyone accountable. No matter if you're a big star, small star, no matter if you're making the league minimum or you're, you're making uh, $15 million, everyone is going to be held accountable. And I believe that to be true. And I love Skip Schumacher in his press conferences after the games, win or lose. He tells you like it is. He calls himself out in wins. He goes, my coaching wasn't the best today. I made some coaching mistakes. I should have had players positioned here. I should have made different moves in the bullpen. But the players, the, they held themselves accountable, and they make me look good. That's a manager. That's a guy who goes, I'm here to make a difference. Unlike the previous manager, which you can listen to all those shows from last year, I had a common theme, and that common theme was Don Mattingly. I don't like Don Mattingly as a coach. I like Don Mattingly as a person, as a human. He's a good guy, nice guy to talk to. As a player, I didn't really get to watch him, but as a player, apparently he was amazing. But as a manager or coach of a baseball team, consistently, 
This team underachieved. Same roster, underachieved. And yes, he won the 2020 Manager of the Year. COVID year. Are we really that team who made the playoffs in a 162-game season? Probably not. If we if we if we played 60 games every year, yeah, we could finish at or around 500 like we did in that COVID year. Every other team got the same opportunity. The uh, Dodgers don't have an asterisk next to the World Championship. So, yes, we made the playoffs a couple years ago under Don Mattingly. Other than that, one small blip of a year, which we all enjoyed, he wasn't the coach for this team. And as the players changed, as the jazz chisms of the world came up, he wasn't the coach that was going to get the best out of that. Speaking about jazz, he's not having the greatest year so far. He's learning a new position, and my God, he's going to be a gold glover. He is learning that center field position. I have not said horrible things. I've called him out on dropping balls and whatnot at the beginning of the year, but dude has turned it around. He'll make a mistake here and there, but that's just learning learning the position and not putting so much pressure on yourself and relaxing so you can play the position. But at the plate, Jazz is a little off this year. And he knows it. He'll turn it around. And he's being held accountable for it. And he, you're, you're seeing the frustrations. Some of these umpires, most of the umpires that I've seen are horrible. They're calling balls, strikes, and strikes, balls. Human error has always been a part of the game. It's never been so much as it is, I mean, Angel Hernandez, there's there's balls three feet off the plate that he calls strikes or balls on the plate that he calls balls. It, it's insane that the, he's still allowed to be an umpire. But Jazz has been thrown out of two games. And even though he wasn't wrong, that's immaturity. You got to take it and walk off. Um, and Skip called him out on it, and Skip made Jazz call himself out on it. The coach said he'll handle it. Let the coach get thrown out, is what Jazz said in the interview. I should have let the coach defend me. I should have let him get thrown out. He told me I'm too important, and I know I am. And that's holding yourself accountable for your teammates. If you're looking at individual spots, yeah, it sucks to get an out, but He's making Jazz a better player, and that is a good manager. So I'm so happy with Skip Schumacher as the Marlins manager. He's made some mistakes, um, some bullpen moves I don't like, but overall, he's been really, really, really amazing. And I'm very happy um, for the change in management. And I was right. And I'm saying that on my podcast. And if you hear this, I was right. Mattingly, no matter what his personal, out-of-baseball uh, personality is, no matter how great he was as a player, when he was the Dodgers manager, they underachieved. When he was the Marlins manager, they consistently underachieved with a crappy team. Look, he was handed a crappy team after the fire sale, after you lost Christian Yelich and Stanton and Ozuna. Um, 
after Jose Fernandez died. Um, he was handed a crappy team. He was also given keys to a shiny team when Jose was alive. When Stanton, Ozuna, and Yelich were in your outfield, you had a good team, and you had JT Real Muto be behind the plate. So it's not that Mattingly was good with a good team. He was crappy with a good team, and that team underachieved. So I'm happy with Skip. I think they should extend them. They only have it for two years. If if this continues, if if, if this continues, um, I don't see Skip in Miami. He's going to live out his contract, but the St. Louis Cardinals aren't doing that well. He's from St. Louis. I see him going back to St. Louis unless we lock him up. So I hope we do. So I want to give Skip his kudos here. He's a big part of why this team is better. 12-0 in one-run games just shows it there. It shows that no matter how down we are, because a lot of these are comeback wins. We've made teams blow saves. We've come back in the eighth, eighth innings. And we've only blown a few, a few games ourselves. It's really the mentality that you're getting from the management and the guidance and leadership that it's being shown there that the team is being successful because everyone's being held accountable. And I thank Skip for that. And if he ever listens to this or whatever, and if I ever say a bad thing about him, you make me listen to this episode and how excited I was about him. So thank you, Skip. And thank you for proving me right that Mattingly should have been fired. Hashtag fire Mattingly was a thing. And all those naysayers who liked Mattingly because they liked him as a Yankee, liked him as a player, liked him as a person. I'm not attacking him personally. I'm attacking his coaching. And I was right. So thank you to those who have proven me, who have were there with me saying fire Mattingly. And to all those who made fun of me and said horrible things to Loud Marlins fan on social media. I was right. You can tell me I was right. And admit it. That's all. So the current status of the team, and where do I see them going? I've kind of tried something new this season. And you may see it, or you may have caught on to it on social media. I'm judging everything by the three series that are, are, are in front of you. What I mean by this is if there's a if you lose a series, for example, we lost three, we got swept by Atlanta Braves. I looked at the next nine games. Three versus Chicago, three versus Arizona, three versus the Reds. And we're still within that nine-game period. And I looked at it and I said, look, the Braves just swept us. We are, I think we, we left at 500. We're going to Chicago. We're going to Arizona. In the next six games, where do you want to be when you come home for the Reds? And I said, look, winning on the road's not easy, but it's easily, you can easily go four and two on this road trip, or you can go three and three on this road trip. Set expectations, right? You'll find the tweet. I said, if we can go three and three on this road trip and come back at 500 to face the Reds, that's a success because you should be able to take three, uh, two, two of three against the Reds. After Chicago, after we lost the uh, two out of three there, I looked at the next nine games. The next nine games, 
three at Arizona, three versus uh, the Reds, and then you get three versus Washington Nationals, who are playing better than than some expected. And when I looked at that, and I go, okay, so where do you, where do you want to be? Where do I expect this team? I'm setting expectations, right? Where do I expect this team to be? Well, you you go to Arizona, you win two of three. You go face the Reds, you win two of three, and then you're a game over 500 going against the Nationals. That's where I expect us to be. I expect us to be a game, at least, a game above 500 when we face the Nationals in three. And then I expect to win that series. And you play everything by series. So when we leave to face the San Francisco uh, Giants, When we leave to face the Giants, I expect this team to be at least a game above 500. Then it's a a big road trip uh, we're going to be taking. I think it's Anaheim, uh, San Francisco, and there may be one more team in there that I'm just not thinking. Maybe it's Colorado, but maybe it is Colorado. But you're going on a road trip that's not going to be easy to win. So... My expectations are when we get home from that road trip, I'm going about a month out now, but my expectations are when we get home from that road trip to still be a game over 500 because that's my expectations for this team to continuously be at or above 500. And then you got to win division games. You got to beat the Braves in September. You got to beat the Phillies who you play nine more times. You play the Nationals. 13 times. You play the Braves and Mets both six times each. You have to learn to beat those big teams. But if you could stay above water and you can finish at or above 500, you could be a wild card team. And right now we're one game out of the wild card as of this recording. So my, my again, I'm trying to keep things calm and sane in my head. And I'm trying to coach you to do it too. Take Don't freak out about every individual loss. You're not going to win every game, but you got to win series. And now I understand why winning a series matters so much because you're going to lose series. You're going to get swept, but you also have to do some sweeping when you get the chance. And the Marlins have done that. We've done the sweeping. Look at us. We, We swept the Cubs. We've had four chances or five chances at sweeps. We swept the Cubs, but every other series was a series victory. And that's exciting. That's something we weren't getting last year. Again, at this time last season, the Marlins were, this exact time last season, the Marlins were already five games under 500 or six games under. The last day we were at 500 was May 1st. We may have climbed up a little bit to that top of the mountain, but we never got back. And that was all coaching, but that was, we were losing one round games and we're not there. So it's just an exciting time. And it's very positive that I'm saying, and I know we're not a great team. I don't want it to come off to say we're perfect because we're far, far from perfect. But if you keep playing like you're playing right now, you're going to end up in a good place where you have to win those division games. That's a must. But you're going to be at a place where if you win those division games, good things are going to be happening in Miami. Now, I want to continue to push fans to please come out to games. 
you, the, the, these players are playing their hearts out, and they're not a losing team. They're a decent team right now who's above 500. So they're playing really well for you right now, and now's the time to come celebrate them. Sandy Alcantara is pitching Saturday. It's a Sandy Saturday. We rarely get a Sandy Saturday. So that's exciting. And I chose to go to Friday's game because I want to see Yuri play. So this weekend, both Friday and Saturday should be huge draws. And I look forward to seeing fans out in Lone Depot Park on Saturday. I do. I, I expect it. And I believe in it. And I believe in this team. And I believe in what we can achieve as a team. So please, ladies and gentlemen, get out to Lone Depot Park. Support this team. Let's get louder and celebrate together. And give the TV good ratings if you're from out of town. Take Plan a trip with your family to come in town and watch the Marlins play. I know there's fans all over the country. And I know not everybody lives here. But to those who don't, Come out, celebrate with us. Enjoy what's happening right now. You have the Heat and Panthers also doing really well, both of them going into deep playoff runs. So that's another aspect of it. And uh, right now it's a good time to be a fan here in South Florida. So let's enjoy it. The Marlins, we're May 10th. And we're winning. Like, we're at 500. The, the Panthers are about to clinch the... Uh, the the second round Stanley Cup playoffs and they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Heat they have an opportunity to clinch the Eastern Conference to get to the Eastern Conference Finals as well in the next couple games. They may, and the Marlins. It's this is something we haven't had at this late in May in so long. So please enjoy it. Don't take it for granted. Come out and support your teams. Marlins are the least expensive of the three. Miami has to show up. Uh, Broward shows up. Palm Beach shows up. But it's, it's really all about Miami showing up. It is. It's all about Miami showing up. It's getting out to the ballpark. It's, it wasn't built for me in Broward. It wasn't built for me in Palm Beach. It's built for you. What's really cool, uh, last, last Thursday, um, our buddy Miami Mike uh, from Twitter, he caught – Jorge Soler's ball. That was really cool um, out there in left field. I was really happy for him. So I want to give him a shout out. He, 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 um, he uh, really, it's really cool to see your friend uh, get, get some screen time on Valley Marlins. And uh, more importantly, he was super excited. He, I think it was his first home run ball ever caught. So good job, Miami Mike. We're, we're happy and proud of you. Uh, shout out to our girl, Claudia, who's doing wonderful things on her, uh, quote unquote, naughty social media. So find her and join her page. I, I done it. Um, she's my friend. I'll always support what others do, whether I, uh, uh, click on links or not, which I don't. So good luck to her and congrats, um, to my buddy, Andrew, who I'm attending Friday's game with him last week. Uh, Andrew's, you know, we met on Twitter. He's a great kid, a great guy. And I say kid because he's younger than me, but he's a great guy, and I enjoy my time with him. Um, I'm saying this because my calling out some friends on Twitter. Um, I'm done with the negativity on Twitter. I, I really am. Um, look, I post videos. I put myself out there. I, I do it. Some people will find me annoying. 
but I do it for the majority and I'm just over 2000 followers. So thank you. But I do it for the majority uh, to make people smile, to make people laugh. I'm making a fool out of myself so you can laugh. I also have opinions. They don't need to match your opinions, but to tell someone to shut the fuck up when you don't know who they are, a little rude. And to say negative things about me when you don't know me. And I'm not talking the people on other teams that I piss off. I'm talking people who follow me just to make fun of me. That's not allowed anymore. I will block you. I am blocking you. I'm not going to be talked down to. I wouldn't talk down to you. I may say my opinion, but I never say yours is wrong. I say something to the effect of, well, my opinion is this. Here's why. And I will throw out numbers and facts to you. And you'll still stay on your high horse and call me wrong. I'm just not going to put up with negativity in, in that side of my life anymore. It's an outlet for me. So thank you for those who continue to follow me, those who continue to interact with me. If this is your first time listening to the LMF podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, give me a five-star rating. And then, or before, go find me on social media. My TikTok, I do dances for every Marlins win on TikTok. I scream a lot on TikTok and Instagram, at Loud Marlins Fan. And of course, my favorite is Twitter, because that's where I really get to interact with you, the fans, and have discussions, respectful discussions with you. With that being said, let's continue this, this high that we're feeling. Um, it's up and down. We really want to be really over 500. We do. But as long as we're around 500, we're not having a losing season, I'm excited. You should be excited. This has been the Loud Marlin Fans Podcast. Again, at Loud Marlins Fan. Go to intheclutch.com right now. Because if you go to intheclutch.com, you can search for Loud Marlin Fan Apparel. You buy that apparel, I get some credit, but you get a discount using LMF. Much love, everybody. Let's get louder. Let's go, Marlins. Let's freaking go. Make it Miami. Intheclutch.com is the only place to find Loud Marlin fan apparel that's approved by me, designed with me. The Loud Marlins fan Let's Get Louder t-shirt is now on sale, which benefits cystic fibrosis research. A portion of each purchase does go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So go to Intheclutch.com, search Loud Marlins fan, find that shirt, add it to your cart, and then search Marlins because you're going to see a plethora of Miami-based Major League Baseball Players Association approved t-shirts that are right there for you to show off your fandom. Go to InTheClutch.com right now and at checkout when you're ready to leave, use code LMF to save 10% on your entire purchase. Let's get louder at InTheClutch.com. Thank you.